Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Will you please join me in our confirmation classes, Creed? We believe in God, who is our Father, the creator of the world. He is three in one. He made the world in six days and rested on the seventh. We believe in Jesus Christ, wonderful counselor, mighty God, and Prince of Peace, who was born in a manger in Bethlehem. He was not born in a perfect place, but was a perfect person. He taught us to pray, to be peaceful, to be a servant, and to treat others as we want to be treated. He died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose again. We believe in the Holy Spirit, who is God in our heart. The Holy Spirit guides us in the direction that God wants us to go. The Holy Spirit is our comforter that helps us in time of struggle. We believe in God's house, which is God's community of people and a tool for spreading his word. We look forward to living in the world to come with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, I am extremely proud of these five young men and women sitting here in the front row. They have worked so hard over the past several months, and we haven't heard from Nick yet, but Nick's going to do a great job with the benediction. But haven't they all done great with the parts of service that they've been assigned? You know, to me, that's one of the great things about confirmation. And I think that's probably a uh, holdover from what I was confirmed. Man, I was thinking about that early day about 30 years ago, maybe over 30 years ago. I'm old. <laughs> nothing. Didn't get anything for a service. I got nothing this service either. <laughs> wow. You guys are serious. Okay, we'll move on. But I remember uh, my pastor, his name was Reverend Thomas Mendenhall, and he was uh, completing his second year at our church. And the year before that, he scared everybody who was a part of confirmation because he wanted to have all of the kids take part in the worship service. And he did things like have us talk about what baptism meant to us and what communion meant to us, and we answered questions and everything. So I thought I would go ahead and have our confirmand stand up and just let you all fire off a whole bunch of questions to him about their faith. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple ready to go. I won't do that to them. Thanks for playing along this service, guys. <laughs> but, you know, that's what confirmation's about, isn't it? It's about being able to stand up and say, this is what I believe. That, that creed that we shared earlier during the time that we normally do the Apostles' Creed, this class wrote that entire creed. Wasn't that awesome? That is, that is their 
statement of faith. And I, Wanda and I were just blown away as we were going through the creed. And just, we were gave, giving them little prompts here or there, but all of those words are their words. They take being disciples of Jesus Christ very seriously. And one of the things about this Confirmation Sunday, this is an opportunity for us to take our commitment as disciples of Jesus Christ very seriously too. So our scripture for this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 18. If you follow along in your Bibles or you can follow along with the words up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the human one is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said, and what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was the answer that Peter gave to Jesus when Jesus asked, Who do you say that I am? But before we get there, we have to back up a little bit. Because in our faith journeys, the way that we grow on our faith, it comes to a point where we maybe know who Jesus is and know an idea about Jesus to fully knowing who Jesus is. That may sound a little confusing, so let me kind of explain a little bit. Sometimes in Scripture, it gives you a a point of reference. And the point of reference that we have uh, for this passage says that Jesus and his disciples were at Caesarea Philippi. Now, if you're just going through the Scripture and you're reading, that may not set off any bells or whistles for you, but at that point in time, something very significant was happening. Jesus and disciples were making his way through Israel, and they stopped at this location. And then Jesus asked the question, who do people say that I am? Well, the disciples are looking around, and they're noticing the the scenery around them. This is a place where at one time earlier in early B.C., the Syrians had set up camp. And around the the hillsides and around the area, they set up several different temples to Baal, a place to worship, a place to say that Baal is their God. Another big important God, if you will, that was important to this area of Caesarea Philippi was the God named Pan. Now, Pan was the God of nature. And they said that Pan came out from an area here at Caesarea Philippi, and his temple was also located in this area. 
But there was another God who had come into Israel, that had come to set up camp, and he was brought into camp because of a king by the name of Herod. See, Herod was being overtaken by Caesar. And Caesar granted Herod the opportunity to rule over this area of Israel. And when Caesar allowed that to happen, Herod wanted to make a closer friend than an enemy, so he built up a temple for Caesar. So when Jesus is asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? They have this history of these different temples, of these different worship places for other gods. So who would the disciples say that Jesus was like? Or who others said that Jesus was? They started to look back in their own scriptures. And they said that, Well, some people say that you may be John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah, and some say Jeremiah or other prophets. These were great things because as we look through Scripture, we can see the wonderful teachings that we have from these prophets. We see these words that that have come out of their mouths to give warning, to build up, to help support the people of Israel. We take a look at Elijah. Elijah was the one that came to proclaim the way of the Lord. Elijah was the one that healed and brought back to life the son of a poor widow woman. Elijah was the one in a nearby mountain called Mount Carmel, took on the prophets of Baal and set up two separate altars. And the Baal worshipers gathered and put a sacrifice on there and called out to Baal to to consume the entire offering. And nothing happened. And louder and louder they got, making such a huge racket that Elijah sat there and went, you know what, probably you're not yelling loud enough. Maybe you need to dance a little harder. Maybe you need to do just a little bit more to allow your God, your Baal, to respond to you. More and more they danced, and more and more they they circled around the altar until they all fell down with exhaustion. And then Elijah stood up and prepared his offering and not just only prepared it, he took a bunch of water and he dumped it all over the offering. And he called down and God consumed the entire offering. See, showing that Elijah was close to God and that Elijah was there for God's people. So maybe that's who this Jesus was. Because Jesus healed people. Jesus did miraculous signs, so of course people might look at him as being Elijah. But then there's the prophet Jeremiah. If you look at what Jeremiah went through and how what Jeremiah taught, there were a lot of similarities between the two. First, both wept over Jerusalem. They, they, they saw the state of Israel. 
and saw the state of Jerusalem, and they cried over this holy city. Both were accused of being self-proclaimed prophets. There was absolutely no way in the world that God was speaking through Jeremiah. And we know through the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they did not believe that God was speaking through Jesus. Which meant that both ended up being mocked by their enemies. And also both were betrayed by those who were close to them. So it's easy to see how people could have different views of who Jesus was. But then Jesus turns it around. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, Now who do you say that I am? Who is it that you believe that I am? And here is where we get this great confession by Peter who said, you are the son of the living God. What a great testimony that is from somebody who got to walk around with Jesus, who was a part of his significant ministry while he was here on earth. And we know more of Peter's how he was able to lead the church on after Christ ascended into heaven. So that leads us with this question. On this Confirmation Sunday, these five young men and women will stand up here at the altar and they will answer the question, who do you say that I am? Who are you following? Are you going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? My friends, I think that question is a question that all of us are called to answer in our lives. Maybe answer over and over and over again. Who is it that we say Jesus is? See, the one thing that I know about the Bible is that the stuff that was written a long time ago was just stuff written a long time ago, and we don't have to deal with those type of things going on right here, right now, right? No, that's totally false, isn't it? There are gods here that drive us and call us away from the God who loves us and cares for us, who sent us Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now, it may not be a, a pole or an image of a, something carved in stone. But we do have gods that we all have to watch out for, don't we? Maybe our God is money. Maybe our God is power. Maybe our God is wanting to make sure that we are always right or that we are always in control. Maybe our God is technology where we're so addicted and so tied up with the little devices that we hold in our hands that we fail to see the beauty of the one who created us and the world around us. <clears throat> I've read a lot of articles from atheists and, and other people who have just said that they know about Jesus Christ, and they can 
point out flaws here or there, or they think they can point out flaws here and there about who Jesus is. I see the point that Jesus is making with his disciples and my friends, the point that I believe that Christ is making to us is that our walk in faith is more than just thinking or knowing about Jesus. But our journey of faith is about knowing who Jesus is in our lives. That's what our confirmants are doing today. That's why they wrote this creed to ex- express and to exclaim who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are. They are proclaiming that they know Jesus. And my friends, that invitation is there for us too. To not merely just know about Jesus, but to know him as our Lord and Savior. To guide us, to lead us, to share with us all of these good gifts and graces that we have. It has been an honor and a privilege working with these five young men and women. And I can tell you by their answers and by their time with them, the church is in great hands. And they will be strong leaders, helping us as we move forward, loving God and loving our neighbors. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we prepare to move into this holy time of allowing our confirmands to express their faith in you, we ask that you bless them and continue to move in their hearts and minds so that they can express with love and gratitude what you have done for them. Help them to be a workers in the vineyard. Help them to harvest where you have planted. And help them to be your hands and feet to serve those who are in need. And God, as we lift up this prayer for them, we offer that prayer for us too. Help us to continue to grow in our faith, to be confident that you are our God and that you have called us to be laborers in your vineyard. So God, we lift this prayer up to you. In the strong name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus, our Lord. Amen.